0: Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. You can find out more by visiting the website, johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. We have a terrific show for you today, including our special guest, Kathleen Pasadomo. She is the president of the Florida State Senate. We'll also visit with Boo Mortenson. Seton Motley is the founder and president of Less Government will be joining us as well. It is August the 1st, and hey, we're celebrating our 12th anniversary broadcasting, The Bob Harden Show, here on the Internet. Pretty exciting. It's been 12 years. It's all gone by so quickly. And uh, just really pleased, and thank you for supporting uh, The Bob Harden Show. Also on this day in 1914, four days after the Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia, Germany and Russia declared war against each other. France ordered a general mobilization, of the first German army across into Luxembourg in pre- preparation for the German invasion of France. During the next three days, Russia, France, Belgium, and Great Britain all lined up against Austria, Hungary, and Germany, and the German army invaded Belgium. The Great War that ensued was one of the unprecedented destruction and loss of life resulting in the death of some 20 million soldiers and civilians. We're talking about the war to end all wars, uh, World War One. On June 28, 1914, an event that widely regarded as sparking the outbreak of World War I, uh, Franz Ferdinand, Archduke, heir to the uh, Austro-Hungarian Empire, was shot to death with his wife by Bosnian-Serb Gravillo Precept in Sarajevo, Bosnia. Austria-Hungary blamed the uh, Serbian government for the attack and hoped to use the incident as justification for settling the problem of Slavic nationalism once and for all. On July the 28th, Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia, and the tenuous peace behind, between the uh, Europe's great powers just totally collapsed. On July the 29th, Austria-Hungary uh, forces began to shell the Serbian capital of Belgrade, and Russia, Serbia's uh, ally, ordered a troop mobilization against Austria-Hungary. France, uh, allied with Russia, began to mobilize on August the 1st, France and Germany declared war against each other on August the 3rd after crossing through the neutral Luxembourg. The German army invaded Belgium on the night of August 3rd and 4th, prompting Great Britain, Belgium's ally, to declare war against Germany. For the most part, the people of Europe greeted the outbreak of war with jubilation, most patriotically assumed that our country would be victorious within months. Of the initial belligerence, Germany was the most prepared for the outbreak of hostilities, and it, its military leaders had formatted a sophisticated military strategy known as the Schlieffen Plan, uh, which envisioned the conquest of France through a great arching offensive through Belgium and into northern France. Uh, Russia, slow to mobilize, was to be kept occupied by the Austro-Hungarian forces while Germany attacked France. The Schieflin Plan was nearly successful, but in early September... The French rallied and uh, halted the German advance as the bloody ba- Battle of Barnes uh, near Paris. By the end of 1914, well over a million soldiers of various nationalities had been killed on the battlefields of Europe, and neither for, th- for the Allies nor Central Powers was a final victory in sight. On western front, the battle uh, line that stretched across northern France and Belgium, the combatants settled down into trenches for a terrible war of attrition. In 1915, the Allies attempted to break the stalemate with an amphibious invasion of Turkey, which had joined the Central Powers in October of 1914, but after heavy bloodshed and the Allies were forced to retreat in early 1916, the year 1916 saw great offensive by Germany and Britain along the Western Front, but neither side accomplished a decisive victory. In the East, Germany was more successful, and the disorganized Russian army suffered terrible losses, spurring the outbreak of the Russian Revolution of 1917. By the end of 1917, the Bolsheviks had seized power in Russia and immediately set about negotiating peace with Germany. In 1918, the infusion of American troops and resources into Western Front finally tipped the scale in the Allies' favor. Bereft of manpower and supplies and faced with imminent invasion, Germany signed an armistice agreement with the Allies in 1918. World War I was known as the war to end all wars because of the great slaughter and destruction it caused. Unfortunately, the peace treaty that officially ended the conflict, the Treaty of Versailles of 1919, forced punitive terms on Germany that would destabilize Europe and laid the groundwork for World War II. You can thank uh, Mr. Wilson for a lot of that Uh, poor leadership on his part in uh, Paris. Well, Devin Archer delivered bombshell testimony to Congress on Monday, telling lawmakers that Burisma Holdings pressured Hunter Biden in December of 2015, to deal with the Ukrainian prosecutor who was investigating the firm for corruption, shortly before then vice president took steps to force the prosecutor's firing, that according to lawmakers familiar with the uh, transcribed interview. <clears throat> now, here's the f- thing we don't know a lot about what happened in this interview. It's uh, reported by eyewitnesses, uh, and we'll find out a lot more, but nevertheless, there were some per- a very important discoveries. Archer told the House Oversight and Accountability Committee that Hunter Biden was added to Burisma's board in 2014 because of his family's quote-unquote brand brought value at a time when the firm was facing corruption allegations from the United States, Great Britain, and the Ukraine's own prosecutorial uh, general office. Uh, Devin Archer testified that the value of adding Hunter Biden to Burisma's board was the brand and confirmed that Vice President Joe Biden uh, brought the most value to the brand the committee said in a statement issued by Charles Comer, or James Comer. Archer also stated the Brisbane would have gone under if it hadn't been for, quote-unquote, the brand. Archer also directly contradicted Joe Biden's long-held claims that he never met with Hunter Biden's foreign business associates, telling the committee America's current president got on speakerphone more than 20 times with his son's business clients. Archer testified that Joe Biden did not engage in specific business on such calls. Instead, he was put on the phone to sell the brand, the committee said. After the interview, even Democrats were forced to acknowledge Joe Biden had contacts with business associates of his son, and Comer accused the president of misleading the American public, and he certainly did. Devin Archer's testimony today confirms Joe Biden lied to the American people when he said he had no knowledge about his son's business dealings and was not involved. Joe Biden was the brand that his son sold around the world to enrich the Biden family. When Joe Biden was vice president of the United States, he joined Hunter Biden's dinners with his foreign business associates in business in person or by speakerphone over 20 times. So uh, I think this is going to lead to an impeachment inquiry. We'll see. But again, it would be nice to get the transcript of what happened behind closed doors uh, so we can investigate it more thoroughly. Well, Georgia Power Company yesterday announced the commercial operation of its first nuclear reactor built in the United States in more than 30 years, powering utilities in Georgia, Florida, and Alabama. The reactor, known as Unit 3, is one of the two that began construction in 2009 at uh, Plant Vogtool, uh southeast of Georgia, Augusta, and can power 500,000 homes and businesses at full capacity. Uh, the reactor was initially expected to ge- generate power in 2016. However, it faced delays and unexpected costs, which increased the cost from 14 to $35 billion. The plant already has two reactors that have been operating since 87 and 89. Once and for, of all four units are operational, Unit 4 is expected early next year. The site will become the nation's largest generator of clean energy, Unit 3 and 4 are expected to produce about 2,234 megawatts combined enough to power more than a million homes and businesses. Nuclear energy currently accounts for about 18% of US power generation, and more United States are looking to the power source for clean energy. Experts say that the US would need 20, I'm sorry, 200 gigawatts of advanced nuclear energy to power about 160 million homes. Uh, Usually nuclear energy is off the table in discussions with those who are pushing green energy or alternative energy, but it certainly is a viable alternative and uh, we should be taking uh, a more close look at it. Again, it's powering 18% of the energy here in the United States as we speak, so it's only going to get larger with new power plants opening. Well, the first test images of stars and galaxies taken by the European Space Agency's Euclid Space Telescope released yesterday. The milestone comes about a month after Euclid launched, reaching its final orbit roughly a million miles away from Earth, or four times as far as the Earth is from the moon. Euclid is on the quest to survey more than a billion galaxies, one billion galaxies, each with roughly 100 billion stars, as it investigates the nature of dark energy and dark matter, which constitutes 95% of the universe but remains poorly understood. The term dark refers to the properties known about each. Dark matter exerts a gravitational pull on objects but doesn't interact with light, while dark energy remains hypothetical and is uh, needed to account for the expansion of the universe. I'm not sure I just underst- I understand what I just told you, but nevertheless, it's so intriguing and interesting. Can you imagine a billion stars out there? The test images were taken to verify and review the operation of the instruments on the uh, Euclid spacecraft. The images are largely unprocessed, meaning they contain unwanted distortions, such as cosmic rays that streak across the captured visual. More detailed and sharper images are expected in October. Exciting news. What's happening out there? We know so little. We think we know so much, but we know so little about so many things, especially our universe. <clears throat> well, this week, Yellow, one of America's oldest and largest trucking companies, announced the cessation of operations. Some 30,000 jobs may be imperiled, two-thirds of which are filled by Teamsters. There are many reasons for the collapse, but, the sh- but sh- for sure, Bidenomics helped to close operations. Truck runs, uh, trucks run on diesel, and Biden's war on fossil fuels drove up wholesale diesel prices 166 percent of the Biden first year and a half, and the price is still 35 up 35 percent since his inauguration. Diesel prices are on the rise again. Meanwhile, the record spending borrowing uh, spending borrowing binge under Bidenomics has caused interest rates to spike, thus increasing corporate borrowing costs. The Wall Street Journal reports that Yellow was heavily laden with debt from multiple mergers and acquisitions, and today's higher rates may made it prohibitively expensive to roll over or restructure that debt. Finally, Yellow is facing a militant Teamsters Union, which workers have been shafted by high inflation and real wage reductions under Biden. Surges in inflation are highly correlated with labor unrest and strike activity. A costly strike seems inevitable given that Biden worship uh, the altar of big labor bosses. Yellow couldn't afford the big payday the Teamsters won last week in the UPS agreement. So now everyone loses. The shareholders, the workers, customers. who depended on deliveries from reliable trucking companies. But Bidenomics is apparently a success, according to Joe Biden. So that's a very sad story. It reminds me of the Hostess Cupcake Company. Remember them? Uh, Because of the pressure from the union, they ended up just going out of business. Again, a lose-lose-lose situation. So the unions have a purpose, uh, but one of the purposes is not to drive companies out of business. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. I hope you'll visit johnsonsairconditioning.com give them a call also brought to you by life in naples magazine be in the know and stay up to date by reading life in naples the website is lifeinnaples.net coming up Kathleen pasadomo she is our Florida state senate president we're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network <laughs>
0: Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lula Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. at lulabies.com and stop by lulabies diner open from 8 a.m until 2 p.m seven days a week lulabies diner in the green tree shopping center at the corner of a and airport pulling roads stop by lulabies diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin good time Forty
0: five forty-one Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show, celebrating 12 years broadcasting on the internet. Today is the anniversary. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability. We prepare elected officials, and I say we because I serve on the board, to have winning strategies in the legislature. You can find out more by visiting the website, thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of West Government. Right now we have with us Kathleen Pasadomo, our Florida State Senate President. Kathleen, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us.
3: Good morning, and congratulations Thank on your you. anniversary. I have been on this show for thirteen years, so I think I or your previous and this, so I feel like I'm part of your team. You are
1: definitely <laughs> part of our team, and I'm so grateful for your for your commentary here on the show. It just makes a great difference. So, um, I, I, we listened to uh, some uh, comments by our Vice President Harris about the. Uh, Uh, curriculum that we have here in Florida, especially uh, black uh, history. And then Byron Donalds has made some comments. I just wonder if you wanted to weigh in on this.
3: Yeah, um, so here's the the thing that a lot of people don't realize. There are 12 states in the United States that have mandatory African studies in our school system. Mm -hmm. Only 12. Florida's one of them. Only one state has created standards on how it's to be taught and that's florida and so it's very disturbing to me that this has become a big political issue it's all about trump versus desantis versus biden whatever and i um when i first heard uh, these comments about the the one phrase in the standards i sat down actually a week ago monday morning at six o'clock in the morning and i read the entire standards, all 127 pages or whatever. They are fabulous. They there are so many good provisions in it. That one sentence um I agree was not well written, but the Democrats and including um our representative had turned this into a political issue and it really bothers me because, you know, we have gone so far with African-American studies. And if anybody would read the standards, they would say, oh, my God, this is fabulous. And I'm so tired of this political rhetoric and Kamala Harris coming down. And I guarantee you she hasn't read it. I guarantee you even our black Democrats in the Senate hadn't read it before they came out and started bashing it. So, but you can is, tell is
1: it, I'm a little hot. <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds a little bit like the don't say gay uh, controversy. Exactly. I mean, that bill had nothing to do with gayness or anything like that. Exactly. It's and all yet,
3: political rhetoric.
1: Yeah, well, it's it's just unfortunate because I think the uh, legislature has done a great job, along with the uh, education commissioner, of uh, pulling together a terrific curriculum for kids here exactly. in Florida. Hey, exactly. By the way, and, and, you know, her criticism and, and Byron's are uh, uh, the uh, top... Uh, education, public education uh, program in the, in the, in the United States. So uh, we should, we have a lot to crow about, a lot to be proud of.
3: We do, we do. And, and, and honestly, I, it's so frustrating to me because, you know, I live it every day, day in and day out. And um, I, you know, we really try in, in the Senate and, and the house to, to make sure that all of our constituents are represented. You know, I say it all the time. There are forty senators. we represent uh, people from all over the state, over six hundred thousand people, and not everybody has the same philosophy. not everybody has the same um, uh, you know schools of thought. but we do represent people, and we do advance um what's in the best interest of the state. Now you know the bottom line is we have a Republican supermajority, so those issues that are important to us as Republicans we advance, but we don't crow. We don't over over it. We don't um, lord it over the Democrats because that's not appropriate. And and we do, you know, we just do the right thing. And it's so frustrating to me that 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 some of our members are trying to weaponize the legislature, weaponize the Department of Education for political purposes. And you know what? Maybe in some blue states, uh, red the red the red uh, Republicans do the same thing. I don't know, but all I care about is Florida and and how we. Uh, approach things. And I'm, and I, I feel really good about our direction and where we're going. And, and those people that want to, that want to tear us down are not doing it because it, they believe it's in the best interest of our kids or, or our family.
1: Well, I think that's true. And I, I must say, if the shoe were on the other foot, in other words, if this were a blue state, or if we had a legislature that was blue, I think there would be some crowing <laughs> and some different behavior on the yeah. part of leadership. It,
3: now, of course, I, you use that word, and all of a sudden, you're going to get calls from people saying, blah, blah, blah. and I, <laughs> I, and it really bothers me, because I really care about everybody. I, I mean, the fact that I'm in a very conservative district is one thing, but, you know, as Senate President, I I have to look at what's in the best interest of everybody in the state, and that's how I, how I approach everything. And you know, some some of our very very far right people call me rhinos or whatever. Yeah. I don't care. I just want to do the right thing, and if you do the right thing, in the end, it'll it'll all work out. You know, again, you get back to the fact that we, you know, we are uh, a now we're a red state, so we're going to advance policies that are conservative. Um, I'm very fiscally conservative. Mm-hmm. and i'm going that's what i'm going to do and it is what it is and but i i never lorded over the democrats If you look at what we did last session with a supermajority we could have passed anything we wanted but we didn't
2: yeah. we
3: we had we we uh, we asked our minority party give us your thoughts give us your suggestions and you know what we used some of them the good ones anyway yeah. <laughs> so,
4: I mean. well,
1: well, my assessment is: I think uh, I think uh, the legislature, the Senate, the House, as well as the uh, uh, Department of Education, the Governor's Office, I think it worked just orchestrated a terrific uh, slate of legislation last year. And I know that you're looking forward to this upcoming year uh, right. and uh, having some important things to consider.
3: Exactly, and so I'm just not going to let all these distractions get in the way of good policy. That will benefit everybody because the bottom line is, we have very few people that are making the noise, but the majority of our citizens are concerned about the economy. They want to they want to put they want to put food on the table for their families. They want their kids to have a good education, and we're working that way. They want to have a, a safe, affordable place to live, and that's what most people are thinking. The rest uh, that are making all the noise. I mean that's just what people do, yeah. but you can't you can't just listen to that group. You have to listen to the bulk of the population. So there you
1: have it. I, I absolutely, I totally agree. <laughs> of course, it, it always it's mind blowing to me to be to take a look at the Naples Daily News and take a look at the editorial section, the opinion <laughs> section, the <laughs> oh, letters I to the editor. I, sometimes I look at this and say, somebody from outer space must have written.
3: <laughs> well, you know the worst part is you know in my position. I am um, I get all the facts. I know what's going on. I understand what's going yeah. on behind the scenes in front of the scenes, back, whatever. and I read these letters where the people pontificate with facts and figures and I, and I, where do they get these? none of some, they, they make it up or they read it on in the internet or whatever.
5: Yeah. as
3: if it were true and I, and I feel like, I feel like tearing my hair out because I know the truth. But you can't respond to everything because it, it, you spend all day write, writing responses.
1: Absolutely.
3: Um, you know, so, well, there, you know, the, the only one that I really did was this science fiction writer who was bashing the legislature for our um, policy on the environment over the last couple of years. And so I did write a letter, an op-ed on that because I... You know, I was furious about that and some other things. Now, whether they get in the paper
1: or not, I don't know, but we'll see. Exactly. Well, I kind of think the Naples Daily News is an echo chamber for liberal voices, so I'm not sure it makes a difference anyhow. Kathleen, I, I just genuinely appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. You as well. Thank you, Kathleen. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Morton, so we'll find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. That and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show, here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
1: You have questions about your retirement? Ameriprise Private Wealth Advisor Jason Nardella with Nardella Financial Group, a private wealth advisory practice of Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC, can help.
6: You're a valued professional RN. There's a path that takes you to the next level. Hodges University offers an RN to BSN program that, like you, is way above average. RNs with a BSN have a faster track to pursuing leadership positions and can see faster hourly rate increases than those with an ASN. You can earn your BSN with Hodges in just one year. Classes are online and start in August. Scholarships are available. Become the next level nursing professional. Do more. Earn more. Be more. Visit Hodges.edu today.
0: Back to the Bob Harton Show. And
1: now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Golf Shore Playhouse, changing lives through exceptional theater experiences. And I hope you'll get tickets and visit the website, find out more. The website is golfshoreplayhouse.org. Again, today is we're celebrating our twelfth anniversary broadcasting on the internet. So very proud of that and how quickly it's gone by. And I do want to thank uh, you, our listeners, for supporting the show and making it all possible. We have with us Boo Mortensen, former uh, radio personality up in Madison, Wisconsin. She's now a resident down here on the Paradise Coast, but in Madison today. Boo, thank you so much for joining us.
2: Well, thank you, and congratulations on 12
1: years. Hip, thank parade. I think you've been on most of the 12 years, if not. Uh, I
2: think I have, too, and then I was with you for several years prior to that.
1: That's right. So the, you, we go back a long way, boo. And I always—I yes, must—I must say, I find your commentary so interesting and entertaining. You make a, a big difference and a, add a lot to the show.
2: Well, aren't you the sweetest. Thank you. Well, in that vein, let's talk about ketamine. Now, people say, well, what's ketamine? I said, what's ketamine? Yeah. And all of a sudden, Bob, it has become explosive in its use and of uh, people becoming aware of it. It is, it's been around forever, for almost 50 years, and it was used at, with veterinarians and with physicians It <clears throat> is as an anesthetic. Hmm. Not an anesthetic. Yes, you get a, an anesthetic when they put you to sleep. Uh-huh. So that's sort of what this is. Now, by 2021, there has been an explosion of clinics. There are 10 clinics in Madison, Wow, giving ketamine. Now you say, well, what is it used for? It's basically used for depression, people that are depressed or suicidal or have chronic pain. They say that the effects are almost instant. You go to these clinics, they have, uh, you know, there's other medical personnel there. It, uh, It is not covered by insurance. It costs about 500 bucks, huh. and uh, they start new patients with a series of about six sessions, spread over three to six weeks, or if you have chronic pain, uh, it may take a little bit longer to address the pain, but apparently, the effects are staggering, and a friend of mine, who's 80 down in Naples, told me that he was going to take this ketamine for depression. And I was like, what are you thinking? I mean, I was just so uh, stunned by it. And lo and behold, I had no idea how widespread it is and how popular it is and how effective.
1: You know, Boo, this sounds so interesting. It just makes me, I wonder why it's not covered by insurance or by Medicare or Medicaid.
2: Uh, No, it's not. At least not yet. It probably will be in the next couple of years, huh. but it isn't yet. In fact, the University of Wisconsin <clears throat> University Hospital and St. Mary's Hospital, two of the largest hospitals here in Madison, have ketamine clinics.
1: Wow. Wow. So that is so fascinating to me. Well, I guess uh, depression is on the increase here in the United States. That's one thing that's going on. And, of course, uh, pain, managing pain is always a problem as well. It makes me wonder, uh, how, how, is, uh, how long does the effect last? In other words, after you go through these treatments, does it get rid of pain or does it simply have to be redone every couple of years?
2: I think for pain it probably has to be redone. They say it lasts up to... I don't know, four to six weeks, and then you go back. Or if it's fairly effective, there's even a nasal spray now. Um, and say, so you say, well, how does it work? Well, you know, you, there's it's very well documented that our brains are very plastic. There's a lot of neuroplasticity. Mm-hmm. And the um, ketamine appears to prompt the brain to form new pathways. So if you're severely depressed and nothing has worked for you, you know, these antidepressants, they say that it's very, very effective.
1: That is so fascinating to me. You know, I, I, again, I, I've not experienced depression in my life. I just, I just think our, our thoughts tend to drive our feelings and uh, so I just, and I don't know anything about this, so about what I'm about to say is just totally ignorant on my part, but it seems to me that if, you, if you're depressed, you probably could trace your depression back to the things you're thinking about most of the time.
2: Well, exactly, but you know, some, you know, some people have very severe depression and can't get out from underneath it, yeah. and the uh, antidepressants aren't effective for them this is the drug of choice for those people in those categories. Right. Um, or you could try it, and uh, especially if you've got chronic pain. You know how debilitating chronic pain is.
1: Believe me, I do.
2: <laughs> yes. And, you know, this friend of mine that's going to do it, when, when I th- thought ketamine, oh, for God's sake, that's the craziest thing I've heard, I come back to Madison on the front page of the Wall Street Journal. They're talking about ketamine. And psilocybin mushrooms, magic mushrooms, as the drugs of choice with people in Wall Street and in um, uh, the high tech industry.
1: That's so interesting. Now, um, the quarterback of the Jets—he just got traded from what's his name now? I'm trying to remember. He just got uh, traded <clears throat> from the uh, uh, f- the team in uh, Minnesota. Uh, What's his, anyhow, doesn't matter, but he is a big advocate of mushrooms. What's going on with that?
2: <clears throat> well, that's a whole <clears throat> other different bag. Aaron Rodgers.
1: Aaron Rodgers, thank you. Yes.
2: Oh, yeah, he's really big into mushrooms. <coughs> Excuse me. Certainly. Magic mushrooms are a hallucinogenic. Uh I don't know if ketamine would be considered a hallucinogenic. I don't think so. Mm -hmm. But magic mushrooms definitely fall under that category. They're legal in two states, Oregon and Denver, or Oregon and Colorado. Uh And again, the use of it is explosive. Now, why are people doing that? I don't know.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, is it a uh, is it a medicinal? In other words, does it treat pain? Does it, uh, do, do we know anything about why people are using my, I don't know why Aaron Rodgers.
2: I don't think that the mushroom situation is for somebody, you know, does it help with depression? I don't know. What people are doing is they're micro dosing, you know, taking very, very small amounts hmm. of these mushrooms and. I don't know. You know, on the weekends or you know during the week, people go out and have two glasses of wine. Is this uh, as an option to wine or you know, buy I-, I think it's a recreational drug.
1: Yeah. Hey, why don't you stop by and have a mushroom?
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> kind of crazy how things. Well, are-
2: it is, and I mean, people our age are starting to use this. Wow. Yeah, so- it's it's just. Fascinating, and but Madison, who, which is a very small community, the fact that we have 10 ketamine clinics, Wow. I mean, I don't know if that shows that we've got a higher percentage than normal of people that are depressed or in chronic pain, but there are clinics in Collier County in Lee County.
1: Wow i have to check that out. Boo, it's always so fascinating to get your thoughts and opinions of what's going on. I've learned some, so much. I really appreciate your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
2: My pleasure, and congratulations for 12 years.
1: Thank you so much, Boo. Thank you for important part of it. So, All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here on The Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: show here on the Bob Hartman Broadcasting Network.
6: Gain the skills you want so you'll be in demand by employers. That's what Hodges University's workforce readiness is all about. Choose your specialty from EV technician, automation, robotics, real estate, insurance, and electronics to programming boot camps, supply chain management, and more. These classes are online, affordable, and focused on what you need to know. Learn more today by visiting Hodges.edu and clicking on Workforce Readiness, because with Hodges University, you'll stay near and go far.
0: Bob Hartman show, and now here's your host, Bob
1: Hartman. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. We're providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Hey, we're celebrating 12 years broadcasting on the Internet, and you've been such an important part of it over these years, so thank you for your contribution. Well, I,
5: well, I appreciate that, but congratulations. That's a, that's a real milestone.
1: I appreciate it. Oh, thank you, Seton. So you wrote a, a great piece, The Takings Clause, making the bureaucracies pay for ruining us. <laughs> I guess or us or U.S., the United States. Such an interesting piece. Maybe you can tell us about it.
5: Yeah, it occurred to me, you know, you sit down to write something, and then as you're accumulating research and all that, it, you kind of end up somewhere else. And it, it occurred to me that the, 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 the federal government, via the Constitution, is supposed to do so very little that uh, the takings clause, which is in the Constitution, says you can't take public You can't take private property for public use without just compensation. And we had a very bad Supreme Court ruling years ago, Kelo v. New London. People think primarily about, like, your property. Like, if they're going to build that road through your yard and they're going to take your property, they have to compensate you. Right. And then, of course, the uh, the Kelo v. London real quick history lesson for people who don't know, the... Uh, New London, Connecticut was taking private houses for shopping malls and the, the justification that it was a public good because you get they get more tax money right. from a shopping mall than from the private houses, which is, of course, a complete abuse and warp of the takings clause, and somehow the Supreme Court ruled wrong on that. Um, but anyway... Now, by the, the way, the Seton, really-
1: the, the shopping mall was never built...
5: <laughs> it's right a, it's Well, a, that's because the internet happens
1: yeah I believe right
5: you. so 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 yeah so all these people lost their homes and it, it did all the, the best of my knowledge last I heard the whole place sat empty yeah um it was just an empty lot or uh, but anyway um or a bunch of empty lots depending on how you want to look at it but anyway the um the takings clause I I was I, I started thinking about it more broadly um my argument now of course DC screwed it up, but when the federal government started shutting down businesses in the name of a flu from China, I said, well, you're damn right. They better pay these businesses because it's, they've, they've, they've t- taken private property for a public, you know, alleged public good. They must be compensated. And so it was that thinking in mind. Um, <clears throat> That, that I, I realized. Well, gee, every time you regulate a business, I, I've written a ton about the waters of the U.S. rule. Really, yeah, which is which is, um, you know, they've weaponized water on private property to shut down the use of private property for farmers, for homeowners, for everybody. Right. And I'm like, well, you, well, now you. So that's a takings. I, I, I've I've written that in the past. That that's a taking and you should compensate these people because you're, if you're allegedly doing a public good by by rendering their private property unusable they need to be compensated. Well and then I started I, I kept broadening the thought which is anything that the government does in the name of the public good is basically pu- turning that private property public. And that's exactly and right. And if and if they're doing any damage to a private property or a private holding, they, that, that holder needs to be compensated. And, you know, I, I use the waters of the U.S. as a rule. I, I, I use price caps, you know, rent control in New York. Now, of course, this is city government. This is, But, you know, if you price cap drugs, for example. Yeah. The the, the difference in, in compensation between the market price and the artificially low government price, that's a taking, you need to compensate.
1: See, and here's the thing that struck me, uh, Seton. I, I was thinking to myself, you know what? We have so much waste and fraud in our government. How we spend money and use money is just incredible. I'm thinking to myself, there needs to be justification for how this money is spent, because in fact, they're taking my private property, which are taxes. They're they're right. in, in, that I'm incurring. Well, that's I, a
5: separate. That's a separate thing because they actually amended the Constitution to allow an income tax
1: I understand but nevertheless the takings clause still requires I think some accountability on the part of the government for the money it spends
5: well no no and that but but the accountability for that is set up in the election yeah, um, yeah. this this is different this is regulations by unelected bureaucrats right and so it's a different it's a' it's, it's a different animal so uh, I, I, I I came up with this part of this idea on patents before and I just extended it. What I said several months ago was, you know, you you, you pay all this money to the alleged experts at the patent office for them to examine your application and approve your patent. Well, if they go, so if they if you pay them and they're the alleged experts and they issue you a patent, that should be the end of the process. Right. You got a patent, go forth and make you know make make your legit um, unfortunately, the 2011 American Vents Act created the Patent Trial and Appeal Board, which is a way for large companies to steal patents, where the patent offices exists to create patents, then subsequently exists to destroy patents. Yeah. Which is like, the, you know, the government saying, hey, congratulations, here's your patent. Oh, we were just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sorry, uh, you we're taking it back. And... Now, if you're doing that, I said, if, you know, it costs a lot of money to, to to deal with these patent challenges. Even if you you win, you still have to hire the lawyers, and 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 you rarely win at PTAB. The the, the, the challengers win ninety percent of the time, but it costs money regardless. The government should compensate you because the the the, the competency of the patent, the the quality of the patent being challenged isn't it, it, that's on the patent office
1: yeah no they paid a...
5: them to examine the the, the the application and they approved it so they should pay for this and if you lose your patent they they should, they should compensate you for all the, the money for all the fees and everything you paid to apply to get the patent in the first place
1: darn right so they
5: should also pay you for your lawyers to ch- when they when your when your patent is challenged Immediately after it's being issued, if it's it's happening so quickly after it's being issued, that's on the issuing agent, not on the patent.
1: I think that's such a great point. And, uh, of course, this uh, PTAB, the uh, patent uh, uh, trial and appeal board, board is uh, just uh, it was supposed to be, you know, like the road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? (laughs) So it's right. it's crazy. All they
5: did, all they did, and I think this is the intent. They won't say it, but I think this is the intent because they won't. The, the, the law was written basically by big tech for big tech. Yeah. It made it cheaper to challenge the patents than it was before. Yeah. So and you can unlike in the courts, you can file fifty or a hundred or a thousand slightly reworded challenges, and the patent holder has to defend all of them. Whereas in a court, you file one suit and you have to defend against one suit.
1: Seaton Motley again. Yeah, Seton Motley is the, the f- yeah, f- Seton Wiley is the founder and president of Less Government. I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. Lessgovernment.org. You can also visit Less Government on Facebook. Great piece, Seaton. Really appreciate uh, your commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us.
5: Thank you very much, sir. Congratulations on 12.
1: Thank you so much, Seton. All right, coming up, we're going to visit with Linda Harden. She's my wife. She's also extremely knowledgeable of what's going on around the Paradise Coast as well as the world. We're going to do that and more right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
0: Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
6: ask yourself why people are the way they are. If you're fascinated by human behavior and you want to make a career of it, you know where you need to start? Hodges University with a bachelor's degree in applied psychology. Your professors are practicing professionals that bring your classes to life with live chat discussions and various projects. You know, having a deeper understanding of what motivates people can lead to careers in counseling, sales, human resources, your passion can be your career. So get started today. What are you waiting for? Visit Hodges.edu Or stop by their campus in Fort Myers. They're at the corner of Colonial and Winkler. Because with Hodges University, you're going to stay near and go far.
0: Welcome back to the Bob Harden Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harden.
1: Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. You've heard us talk about uh, Bee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center serving terrific breakfasts and lunches. Well, now they're serving dinner Ridge Wednesday salad. through uh, fr- Saturday, Wednesday through Saturday, four to eight p.m. Terrific menu, great food, great value, and informal. Just a uh, take a break and go out to Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center. We have with us Linda she was You were about to comment about Lulabee's. No,
4: I was trying to interrupt you and talk about the wedge salad at it's, you love it's the wedge salad. It's my favorite.
1: You love the wedge salad. It is great. And uh, again, just can't say, speak highly enough about the great opportunity at Lulabee's Diner. By the way,
4: the service is really good. It is. And, and you have um, found a new adult beverage there.
1: Yeah, nice IPA. Yeah. So when you stop by... Uh, say hello to Benjamin. <laughs> I
4: know. He's so, he, he's our weight person. He he he's very good.
1: So uh, lots going on in the news right now. Oh, boy. And uh, we, we watched uh, in Erie, Pennsylvania, Donald Trump uh, did a rally. It was packed. The people were on fire. He spoke for two hours. I'm just so impressed with, you know what? His, his base is so loyal. He just gets more and more popular with more and more indictments.
4: You know what's so cool is that Is that the other people running for um, president are just so deaf, dumb, and blind about what's going on? They they can't figure out why all these people are going at you know waiting hours in line for for uh, to see Trump. They just can't figure it out. And like DeSantis did his economic speech yesterday, and he had a grand total of thirty people. Yeah, it it was uh, these people can't draw flies, and 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 the media is just oblivious to it the the um chris christie is trying to insult his way into into um the white house by by throwing trump under the bus at every possible well, I, I don't think he and,
1: has any intent he knows he's not going to be president he's just hired he's a hired gun i think by special a hack. Inter, uh, special interest to try and uh, degrade and uh, uh, denigrate the uh, reputation for Donald Trump. This guy, Heard, apparently he's a former CIA operative, and uh, for, for, he's now a con- con- er, is he he, a he, no,
4: he's no longer a congressman because he couldn't get reelected. Uh, this and this is from Trump. He couldn't get reelected in his own district, it's, so so he decided it was a good idea to run for president.
1: So he so uh, so he's got booed. He he said something about the Trump is just running for president in order to avoid prosecution. No,
4: he said to stay out of jail.
1: To stay out of jail, and he got booed off the stage. You know, if you're going to run for president, the whole idea is to say something that people will like, so they'll like you and want to know more about you.
5: Here's
4: well, here's what happened with Will Hurd. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, he, so he gave this, this 10 minute talk, and it was all um, bad mouthing Trump and how bad Trump is, whatever. <coughs> he gets booed off the stage. That is the green light for you to get on CNN and MSNBC. Oh. These people are. So immediately after he threw Trump under the bus, all of a sudden CNN, who has a viewership, they're in the trash bin of media. They're calling Will Hurd, oh, can you come please talk on our air? These people are stupid, yeah. and and they think we're stupid. Meanwhile, all the smart people are going to see Trump, and they they stand in line for hours in the heat. By the way, I don't know if you knew this, but um, uh, the the rally on Saturday was supposed to be outdoors. Hmm. So because they were having a heat wave, we don't even want to talk about global warming, oh, by the way, yeah. um, uh, they decided to put it indoors, and... These people are saying, "Oh, nobody showed up. Nobody showed up." So these operatives go in and take pictures of the the um, the arena that they were in before anybody got there and said, "Oh, nobody showed up for Trump's rally. The place was packed. They think we're
1: stupid. I know. It's it's just unbelievable." Well, uh this Devin Archer testified yesterday. Unfortunately he was behind Wow, clo- well, I guess it's fortunate he testified behind closed doors. So we only have uh secondhand of reports about what really happened. So we're gonna have to wait to get the uh, transcript before we really know what happened behind closed doors. But
4: you know you know how we know a lot what happened was that Byron Donalds was on every single every single media show yesterday. By the time he got to the end of the day, he was hoarse because he had talked on every single show on all networks about what was in there. I just love it that they're going to Byron now. And Byron doesn't pull any punches. Yeah. He tells them exactly, you know, Biden, Biden is a crook.
1: Yeah. By, well, by, for those that don't know, uh, Byron Donalds is our representative here in the uh, city of uh, in the Paradise Coast, so Southwest well, he, he's done just a terrific job. He's gained so much credibility and so much traction with the media, and it's primarily because he's so honest about what he says and so articulate.
4: And he's so he's so damn smart. Yeah, he is. He I is. mean, for I love the way he he goes into all these the the Lions Den and c- CNN and MSNBC, and they're hoping to to trick him, and he's just going. That's just stupid. that's just a dumb idea and they don't know what to
1: say to him and
4: he he's got he's got the goods i mean he's a financial guy and he's got the goods
1: absolutely so it it looks like the vice is closing on uh
4: the walls are closing closing wall walls are closing (laughs) that's what they always used
1: to say about trump uh about on uh on biden and this is not about hunter biden it's all about uh, president biden who He's is illegitimate? He's not our president. Illegitimate, that he is, but nevertheless, uh, I don't know how he can escape impeachment at this point. I mean, they, they're starting an inquiry, which is good. But uh, she, can I should... just
4: say something about Joe Biden? He's on vacation for ten days in in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware, one of your old haunts, by yeah, the way. Right. Um, and here is here he is, the supposed president of the United States, and there is nobody coming up to see him. Nobody talks to him.
1: He carries his own chair out to the beach. Nobody comes up and talks to him. <laughs> He's totally isolated out there.
4: And, and you know what else is is funny about this whole the, the these operatives around Biden now they 've shamed him into recognizing his seventh grandchild, yeah. so they 're making it seem like he's done it all along and and he He goes out in these little interviews, saying, "Oh, I have seven grandchild children I talk to. I bet he doesn't even know that little girl's name yeah and and nobody's asking him well let's see why does your son not not uh give this little girl uh your name why isn't she why does she uh have a different last name than yours? Yeah. Nobody asks him the tough questions it's yeah. it's they think we're stupid. That's my theme for the day: is they think we're stupid, well, and we're not.
1: What What's amazing to me is all these discoveries that Comer is announcing. Well, we've known this stuff for months. I mean, it's to me, uh, it's so interesting how behind uh, people are with regard to the news. I mean, we've we've uh, we've heard about this stuff and what's been going on, in so many different outlets, including uh, the, the uh, uh, Steve Bannon show, the War Room.
6: Well,
4: yeah, but but the problem is let's just go back to all the censorship that 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 the Department of Justice and the White House has been found guilty of, oh, by the way, with Facebook and whatever. Excuse me, but how many times have I been put in Facebook jail because I spoke what was really going on? Facebook is so funny now because they're they're just blatantly censoring um what what's been put out by the White House. They right. just they just can't censor stuff fast enough. So um you know other people in in that aren't as uh savvy and as knowledgeable as we are are just going oh well that must be right if you know if i'm yeah. telling you yeah, the censorship a- is just is just Bizarre, and you know who's calling it out, and I'm so proud of him too. Is uh, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. I mean, he's just doing a,
1: Boy, a he, great job. He is doing a great job. I, he's he's a terrific candidate, and I wish him well. I uh, don't want him to be president, but I certainly appreciate his his integrity and his honesty, and uh, and uh, how he conducts himself with the media. I must say, I want to end uh, our discussion with the fact that uh, today. We're celebrating 12 years broadcasting on the Internet, and uh, I'm just so proud of it, so appreciative of your support, by the way.
4: Oh, well, you're welcome, but I I need more time.
1: Uh, (laughs) We're out of time, Linda, (laughs) but I really appreciate you coming on the show. Thanks so much for joining us. You're
4: welcome, and congratulations.
1: Thank you so much. Well, that's a wrap here in today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. We've got some terrific guests for for you uh, tomorrow. Uh, We're going to visit with uh, Bob Levy, the chairman emeritus of the Cato Institute, and Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz. Uh, Always appreciate your comments on the show, and uh, if you enjoy the show, tell your friends. Uh, That's one of the ways we support our advertisers, and we can't do the show without them. I hope you make it a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste. (laughs) Namaste.